walking with Christ, loving His ways and trusting His ways, even when it's painful, it's we can sit back and we can rest in that knowledge. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club but don't really have time to do either. I take care of it for you. It's real easy. My name's Andy, and in the book club today, it's Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth and Robert Wolgamuth. They wrote a book together, You Can Trust God to Write Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. And even the word providence is kind of a mystery. Like, what does that really mean? We'll dig into that in just a few minutes. But first, let's just talk about what inspired you to write this book. The truth is that walking with God, which is what all of us want to do, inspires stories like this. And our own story is in there, but that's just a small part of it. Just interacting, interfacing with friends and family who have gone through, in many cases, horrendous experiences. And at the end of the day, looked up and said, Lord, we trust you with this story. We don't like it. It's painful. It's hurtful. But we trust you to write this story. And that was really the inspiration of it. I mean, we've, we've lived in these waters all our lives, as you have as a believer. And so that's really what inspired it. Watching the Lord just supernaturally intervene in our lives and write a script for our lives that we never could have written for ourselves. And sometimes those twists and turns, you you know, you're just puzzled or you're saddened. Robert lost uh, a wife after 45 years of marriage to ovarian cancer. So you have the times of tears. That's not a script you would want to write for your own life. I had never married until I was 57. And um, that was a sweet season, but not the script most people would want for their lives. And as we have looked back on the development of our own stories, and then how God brought us together uh, in marriage, it we stand in amazement how God turns the unexpected, the undesired at times into something that is of beauty and great worth. So our own experience, our own story, our own journey is part of what I have to say, you know, God is writing a story in everybody's life. And if we will embrace his providence, even when it's mysterious, there is joy at the end of that story. That's right. Well, and you talk about, um, you know, in your title, you talk about the mysteries of providence. Part of that mystery, and you you mentioned this in the book, is it's not really a word that's used a lot now. So maybe we start there. Define providence. (laughs) Providence. Yeah, that's kind of an old-fashioned word, but I think we need to bring it back into vogue because it is one of the greatest treasures that we have as children of God. And the word actually comes from two Latin words, pro, before, and video to see, and it's how God sees before anything even happens in our lives. He sees ahead. He orchestrates those details and those circumstances before we have any idea they're coming. And not only does he see it and orchestrate it, but he goes before us to make provision, God's providential provision for what we're going to need when we get there. And so he's thought this all through He's planned it all beautifully. We live just in this tiny moment of here and now, which could be very painful, but God's been there. He's already there and he's already made provision for the grace and whatever else we need to not only survive in that part of the story, but even to thrive. When, when we've had the privilege of signing books, Andy, um, We sign our names, and then we write the text, Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36. So if you or your listeners would look that up, Romans 11, 33 to 36, 
it's unbelievable. It it summarizes what Nancy just said. Oh, how great are the riches of God, his wisdom and knowledge, how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. And it goes on to talk about his ways are good. And that's that's really the foundation on which we stood as we wrote this book together. Well, and so I do a, an afternoon show. It's a, you know, it's a music station. It's a Christian station. And I can't tell you how many, it's a daily basis. I have men and women calling me up saying, Andy, I need prayer. My marriage is falling apart and it breaks my heart. And sometimes I feel it's hard for me to pray, you know, and, and pray with them and say, okay, well, God, we know you're going to use this. We know that this is happening yeah. for a reason. And so, you know, you have a whole section in your book called, you know, you can trust God to write your story when your marriage is in trouble. So what would you say to someone who is in that journey right now? We've walked with a lot of people in that journey and the other ones represented in this book and a marriage and family, that's probably where it's as painful as can possibly be. And let me just um, in a nutshell here, two st- stories we're in the middle of currently with other people. One is with a marriage, uh, a friend of ours whose husband has had huge substance abuse issues throughout the course of their marriage. And she has waited on God to write her story in the midst of some very difficult seasons. Now, that doesn't mean she hasn't done anything or taken any steps, but in the end, she has had to wait on the Lord to do what she could not do. And in the course of time, God has turned the heart of her husband, all the while shaping her own heart That's right. and sanctifying her. And then if I could just add the, um, the family, children is the other thing, not just marriage, but children. And a, f- a precious friend of ours we're walking through right now with a prodigal child who is in a far place and making foolish, dangerous decisions. And that mom texted me this morning just in desperation and saying, you know, what can we do? And we're saying to her, there may not be anything you can do at this moment, but wait on the Lord and not only to write your story, but to write the story of this child that you love so dearly. So that's a story that's being written. She can't see the outcome. Those precious parents, we were on a Zoom call with them and some other of the siblings this past week, and they're it's the mysteries of God's providence. Why does this happen? How does this happen? What can they do? Um, those are hard questions and maybe questions that don't have answers right now. But in the midst of it all, they can know that God is faithful, God is good, and God is writing a story not only for their lives, but also in the lives of the ones that they love. Yeah, that's so true. In fact, just as an encouragement to you and to your listeners, uh, not a single chapter in this book ends with, and they lived happily ever after. Right. So I mean, many of the stories are are unfinished from our um, temporal perspective. They're still being written. And so we we interviewed people, we listened carefully to their stories, and many of those conversations ended with, and I still don't know what to do, but I'm still trusting the Lord to write this story. So it's it's a process book, right? It isn't just... Uh, giving answers, coming up with a conclusion and tying a bow. It's, it's, we're in the middle of this. We yeah. see through a glass darkly Roman. I mean, the uh, first Corinthians 13. So um, it, it's, it's, it's helping people embrace the mysteries. And I don't like that word. I'd rather have concrete than mysteries, but mm-hmm. mysteries is what it is. And coming alongside, there's a conversation, uh, Nancy and me with these readers. And we've heard from so many people 
who've been so encouraged by this. And we've also heard from people who just like you just said, they're, they're, they've got a prodigal, their spouse is dying of cancer. They are in trouble physically and medically, and they don't know what to do. And that's, this, this is the joy of joining these people in this journey and encouraging them that God knows what he's doing. And part of the hope is that even when your eyes are filled with tears in the here and now, and there is the inexplicable, um, undesired mysteries of God's providence, the hope is that in the end, all will be happily ever after, that the best is yet to come. Right. And, you know, that in, when you're in the middle of trauma and trials and we're walking with a dear friend who's been through years of sexual abuse and a horrific story in the here and now but the promise the hope is that that jesus is gonna write this story not just w-r-i-t-e the story but he's going to r-i-g-h-t her story and that in the end all will be right all will be well and and when you're in the middle of it that can seem so far off and so impossible but that really is our hope as followers of jesus that this story he is writing it will end happily ever after Amen. that's right and I think uh, what I love about your book is, you know, you're, you're talking about these family stories where I think we can see ourselves in them a lot. And, and, and if we can't, then at least we can see, okay, God has provided for this family. Um, why would I, why would I question that he wouldn't provide for me? And, and so I love talking in, in the chapter about when you're pressed financially, man, uh, Mike and his family and their, their story about how God just was there in every step of the way. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. You see that looking but back. You don't always see it. That's when you're really little. true. This is this is a book about the rearview mirror, not the windshield. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what what was it for for you? I was just you know maybe you can talk about what what the the part of of Mike and his family story that really sticks out to you, um, whatever that might be. Because I just think you know there are instances where you look at their story and you think there's no other way than than God just putting everything into That's place. Right. That's right. Well, there is it. Mike is a man who served on our the staff of our ministry for many years, and um, he and his wife faced a lot of financial challenges. And at one point, the Lord prompted them to leave his secure job in industry and to go and raise financial support like a missionary and join uh, the staff of our ministry. And they could not see how that was possible, but they they shared how God provided, and not only for them, but for their children, a uh, college education. And, and there's no promise that God's going to do this in this way for anybody else. Everybody's story is different, and God knows what story to write for each of us, but just how they learned one step at a time when they couldn't see the outcome or the end of the story to trust God with practical daily financial needs. You know, Jesus told us to pray, give us this day, our daily bread, but most of us don't really need this day, our daily bread and, or we're not aware that we do. And so Mike is a, is a story of really kind of an everyday couple who just learned Mike and his wife, um, Chris, Chris. Learned how to trust God with just normal everyday mm. provision and through prayer, through faith. And you look back and you say, well, God only does things like that for people who are in ministry. Well, that's not true. Um, God does, he cares for his children. And Jesus said, if God cares for the birds, the sparrows that, you know, are not worth two cents t- to most people, if he, ca- if he knows when they fall and he makes provision for them and he clothes the flowers, how much more 
value are you to him and how much more will he care for you and meet your needs? But we're so earthly minded and so prone to think we have to figure this out and we have to solve our own problems. And we don't usually get desperate enough to cry out to him and say, Lord, if you don't come through, I'm not going to survive. And I think it's that point of desperation and need and desperate heartfelt prayer that brings us closer to Christ and to the beauty of the story that he's writing in our lives. Uh, you touched on this uh, just a little bit um, <clears throat> later on. The, we, we, you touched about it on this a little earlier in the interview, but I think, you know, you do a whole chapter about what to do. You know, you can trust God when your a child breaks your heart and you share some incredible stories of parents who went through just heart-wrenching times. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So Scott and Katrina, one of the stories in the book, and you can read the full story in the book. It's, it's an incredible story. But you talk about there's three things that they came to realize. And I think if there's a hurting parent right now, they probably need to hear those. Well, the three things were, and this applies to every parent going yeah. through difficult That's things right. with children. One is we can't change our child's heart which is really important to realize because it's a tendency to think that if you just do the right thing, you know, he's going to change. And these parents realized we can't change our son's heart. And secondly, it's not our responsibility to fix our son. And third, we can't quit. Even though we can't change his heart, even though God's the only one who can fix him or change him, we have to go on loving him no matter what. And this family is still very much in the throes of this. In fact, their son is one of more than a dozen young men that we pray for every night. And just for God to change this child's heart, and he's, he's a young adult, and there's no sign yet that he's on the way back. And you know people like that. We know people like that. We pray for them. But these parents have said, we can't change it. We can't fix it, but we're not going to quit. We're going to keep loving, yeah. keep waiting on the Lord to do what only he can do. And that's kind wow. of liberating. It takes the pressure off the parents. Um, although the friend whose daughter I was talking about earlier, she said to me today, like, isn't there a book that can just tell us yeah. what to <laughs> do in these circumstances? And I said, you know what? There really isn't because God's writing the book and only he knows what to do. And that's why you have to, as a parent, depend on him every moment of every day. Do, do we let this child come back right now into the home? Do we require some changes? Do we cut the, you know, do we, do we do heart tough love? Do we lead with mercy? Do we lead with grace? Do we lead with truth? The Lord has to direct those parents. But in the midst of it all, you realize it's not what you do. It's what God is doing. It's going to yeah. make a difference in that child's life. Yeah. As Nancy said, the the truth about each of these stories is that these people are people we know. In some cases, most of our lives, we've known these people. And so we've walked and continue to walk with them and they with us. This isn't just a, a one-way street. This is a two-way thing. And so in hearing their stories, we've been, had the joy of sharing our ongoing story, not just the story of how Nancy and I met and how all that worked out. But, you know, this is, this is a daily deal. Trusting God to write our story. Every every phone call, every email, every surprise text that comes through requires uh, a momentary decision, a thought that that we aren't prepared for. And so this is this has been a journey that Nancy and I have had the joy of harnessing with these people in this book. And and as Nancy just said, some of the stories in this book are ongoing relationships in our lives. And so we continue to watch what God is doing 
in some in some cases it's still mystery in other cases like uh when you long for a mate was one of the chapters and before this book went to press the woman who had given us her story told us her story about longing for a mate was engaged to be married (laughs) at age 53 for the first time (laughs) That's incredible. And I was going to ask you, Nancy, I I suppose that probably was a pretty personal chapter for you as well. Yes, of course, I didn't marry till Robert came into my life when I was 56. We married when I was 57. I'd been single all those years. He had been married for almost 45 years and then widowed. And so, yes, that was a very personal chapter. But a dear friend of mine who had longed for a mate was 53 um, and she was serving the Lord and choosing the pathway of contentment, letting God write her story. But she shared her story with us for that chapter, trusting God when you long for a mate. And literally, as the book was going to print, a widowed pastor came into her life and they got married three months ago, two months ago, whatever. Um, And we didn't even have time to put that part in the book. So that's one of those sweet, happily ever after stories. Um, Although most 23-year-olds waiting for a mate hope it won't take till 53 to happen for them. Uh, But how, how precious this friend is now. And she's looking back and she's saying, God, it was worth the wait. It was a story you've been writing in my life is sweet. Now, there's some that may never marry. There's some prodigals that may never come home. There's some marriage that may never get repaired. And even in that, these friends who've shared their stories with us and in this book, they would say, even though, you know, it's Job saying, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And even if God doesn't grant the desire of my heart in this lifetime, I still trust that he is good. He is faithful. And he is working all things toward good in a way that when we stand and look back in eternity, we will say, oh, Lord, you did all things well. I wouldn't have written that story any differently than you did. I think that's powerful um, from you, Nancy, as well, because you talk about what got you through the loss of your father. And I know there's a lot of people that might be thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm trusted God through a lot of things, but why did this person have to leave us? Yeah, and there are a lot of those why questions that just don't have answers on the weekend of my 21st birthday. I'm the oldest of seven children, and uh, the range age range at that time was 8 to 21. My mother was 40 years old, and my dad, at the age of 53, dropped dead of a heart attack. And no warning, no, um, he had just had a physical, complete physical. They, as far as the doctor knew, he was in good condition, and he was gone in a moment and gone from our sight, but present with the Lord. And uh, I've been through, that was the first of a whole string, a long string of unexplainable losses. And my dad was a a man who loved Christ with all his heart, served the Lord, uh, was a faithful witness for Christ and kind of in the prime of his life. It wasn't long after that, that I had a 22-year-old brother who was killed in a car accident, uh, junior at Liberty University and preparing for a life of ministry. And you say, what's with this? How can this be? How can this be part of a good story that a good God is writing? Well, in the moment, and maybe for all of our earthly lives, we don't know the answer to the why, but we know the who. We know the Father who loves us and who is good and is working all things to fulfill and accomplish his good pleasure 
And we just trust when we cannot see and believe that in the end, there are reasons for his purposes, his kingdom purposes. And all we can do is say, Lord, I can't see this. I don't get it. I wouldn't have written it this way if you'd let me write the story. But we're not the ones writing the story. He is writing the story. And he's the only one who can write the story. And so we say, Lord, I trust you when I can't understand. And when my eyes, as I've said, when my eyes are filled with tears and we're grieving. Um, I had last night, I got the news of a dear friend whose husband just died from a rare a neurological disease that involved early onset Alzheimer's. He's in his 50s. He's, they have battled this for probably a decade. And he's now with the Lord, but it has been a long, hard journey for this couple and their children. And I don't get that. I don't understand that. But this woman wrote to me last night within 24 hours of losing her husband, and she's just saying, God is faithful, God is good, and all I want is for Him to be glorified through this. She's not super spiritual. She's just got a great God who has proven Himself. She has a track record with God, and she knows that He can be trusted even when she is um, you know, deeply, deeply grieving. All right, one last question, and... I'm not going to assume that uh, Robert wrote this part, but as a as a Vikings <laughs> fan, I love the sports analogy of why we can trust God at the end because, of course, the Vikings were in the playoffs, and as usual, they broke my heart. And in, in that chapter, I think the uh, thing Andy's referring to there, you're talking about how you know how normally when you're watching a game, you'd be on the edge of your seat and biting your nails and holding your breath. This is more like TiVoing your a game and begging your friends not to tell you what happened. Uh, and then finding out that your team won and then sitting back and watching that game, you see it completely differently because you know the outcome. Yeah, That's right. what that's about. And that's what we know. Mm-hmm. Walking with Christ, loving his ways and trusting his ways, even when it's painful, it's we can sit back and we can rest in that knowledge. That's the truth. If you're seeking a closer relationship with Jesus this year, I think one of the biggest steps is to understanding the Holy Spirit a little bit better. And for me, I don't know, maybe you had the same upbringing. Didn't really talk about it a lot at church. It was just kind of one of those things of, oh yeah, Holy Spirit's there. Well, Sam Hunter has done a deep dive about the Holy Spirit in his book called The Missing Link. And so if you really want to figure out, okay, Holy Spirit, what do I do? How do I have more of it? All that stuff. That's going to come up next week in the 30 Second Book Club podcast.